Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Continuing our series of Sermon Extras podcast, we've been going through the book of 1 John for the last several weeks with our church body. And 1 John, as many of you know, is, is one of those books that deals with a lot of blunt truths, truths that are sort of harsh sounding sometimes. They're they're tough to swallow, tough to listen to. And honestly, as, as the preacher, tough to preach sometimes because it sounds sometimes that I have a harsh tone with my congregation, but really all I'm doing is sharing the words that John shares, and all John is doing is sharing the words that the Spirit gave him. So these are things that God wants us to know, but with the wrong perspective, it sounds like it's uh, like cough medicine. My son is sick right now, so we're making him take this cough medicine, and you know, even though it's cherry-flavored or whatever they try to do to it, it still tastes pretty bad. So we have to convince my son again, you know, son, you have to take this medicine. It's going to help you. This will help you get over your cough and your illness. And hadn't you know can grab onto that logically it makes sense but at the same time he doesn't want to take the medicine simply because it tastes bad and so that's kind of how John First John can feel if we have the wrong perspective we know it's going to be helpful we know that these are things we need to hear but at the same time it it tastes bad it doesn't sound good it doesn't tickle the ears it doesn't have a pleasant uh, taste and sound to the mind but. We know we have to have it, and we know that we need it, and so we have to keep the perspective, okay, this is something that's going to help me, so let's make our way through this really awful tasting book. And I think one of the problems is sometimes we lose the themes and the perspective of what the writer is trying to get across, because when we go through a book methodically, like we generally do, uh, we go slowly, and when you go slowly, you chop it up bit by bit, and when you do that, you gain a lot from it, but you turn a lot of leaves and stones over, but at the same time, maybe you lose the general feel and the perspective of what the writer is trying to get across. And in 1 John, it deals a lot with sin. It deals a lot with, you know, not being the persons we think we are, not ending where we think we want to end. And and again, those things are tough to hear. But again, I, I think a lot of scripture has to deal with perspective because you know that God has love for us. I, hopefully I don't have to convince you of that. That's something that you have learned ever since you were young is that you know God is love. In John 3.16, he sent his son into the world to save the world so that you and I could have eternal life. And so that's at the root and the foundation of everything we know about God. But again, sometimes you lose that because we also have an enemy. There's a devil who is trying to taint and pervert the language of God to make it sound like God is actually stealing our joy. He's actually trying to help us lose confidence. And once we have that wrong perspective, we see the word of God all wrong and therefore we see God all wrong. And that can actually lead to us, you know, running away from God, unfortunately. I've actually seen that and done that in my own life. But as I zoomed back out from 1 John, there was something that I noticed that kept popping up. And that's the thing I wanted to share with you today is this idea of confidence. And I'm going to share several verses here from the book of 1 John that all have kind of the same feel. And all of these verses are intertwined with the hard things that John has been telling us. Things like you can't practice sin, you can't walk in the darkness. If you're not obeying the commandments of God, you can't know that you are God. If you're not walking in love, you're more like the murderous Cain. And so there's a lot of hard things that John is telling us. But interwoven through all of those blunt truths is this really good aspect and perspective of God's love. 
And if I mention these all in a row, you're going to get the, the sense of that, like, a, like I got the sense for it when I paused and zoomed out and looked at these things one by one. And unfortunately, you could probably even swing the pendulum the other way and go, oh, you know, just looking at these verses, uh, all God has for us is cotton candy love and just give us whatever we want. And that would be the wrong perspective, too. And that's not what I'm seeking to do today. I want us to keep a proper perspective of the hard truths of God's word, but at the same time, the, the really deep and profound love God has for us. And it's Christmas time, so my family and others, many others, are setting their sights on the day, setting their sights on Christmas Day and preparing the food and the, the decorations and the getting and wrapping of presents and travel arrangements if you're traveling. And so a lot of us are focusing upon the on the Christmas Day. And I thought about my children. I have five children going on six, and all of my children are young. And you, you can imagine what kids are desiring when Christmas comes into the picture. They want presents. Really, my, only, my, my children's only thought at this moment about Christmas is presents. Um, they're anticipating what they're going to receive on Christmas Day. And that's not wrong because they're children. That can get out of whack, of course, but children do childlike things. And child children <laughs> anticipate getting presents. And so... They're looking forward to that. And my son is planting some seeds in our ears and minds to go, you know what, Dad, this is the kind of toy I'm looking for. But I thought about myself with Christmas. You know, I, I love Christmas too. Christmas is a time that I look forward to. It's just one of those tender, you know, good feeling type of times of the year where you just reflect on a lot of good things and it's just a cozy feeling. And maybe some of that is we get from media. But I love Christmas. I love what it brings. I love the aspect of reflecting on Christ coming into the world. And if I'm honest, I love the buying and, and giving of gifts for my children and myself. But when I'm, when I'm noticing what my children want for Christmas, they're, they're simply things that are fun. Fun to play with, fun to have, toys, you know, electronic things. And again, they're children, so what else would you expect them to want? But I've noticed throughout my life... Uh, my desires for gifts and things like that and things that I want and things that I would love to purchase change. Before, when I was a kid, it was all about things that were just fun. I just wanted things that were fun. I could just play with them, have fun with them, and that's all I thought about. But as I've grown older, older and even now as a 38-year-old man, I start to think about things that are practical, things that will help me. And I even told my family members when they were asking me what kinds of things to get me for Christmas, I said, get me things that are practical. Get me things that are going to be helpful and help me stay productive. Because my perspective has changed on life. It's not simply all about fun. There are times that I have fun, of course, and uh, the life, the Christian life is full of joy, definitely. But I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a ministry leader, and my thoughts and, and sights are set on something that my children have right at this moment. And my sights are set on things that are helping me stay productive and useful for the kingdom of God and the church that I've been called to. So my desires for things that people get for me are along those lines. And the really only reason I bring up that illustration is to show you that when we're trained by scripture, we start to change the things that we desire. At the beginning, when you first know God, all you want is for God to love you and give you things and bless your life and make it easier and make it help, you know, be a help to you during the hard things. And, and that's fine when you're an infant in Christianity. And we even need to keep an aspect of that all throughout our lives. But 
Hopefully, the more we grow in Christ, the more we realize we are placed here on this earth for God's purposes, not for my purposes. God isn't here to serve me and my desires. It's very much the opposite. I have been placed here and you've been placed here to serve the will of God. So I'm using that illustration to help us see that what God is trying to do for us in the book of 1 John is live the proper way. Live for the purpose we were intended to live, which is for God's will and God's purposes. But if you just put a period on that, it would be void of joy because we all know we have to work. We all know that life has some hard things. But you don't really want to focus your attention upon those things because you'll lose joy. If I know I have to work and I just focus on work and the hardness of chores and work, my life is going to be pretty joyless. But if I look at what the, the working that I'm doing is producing, taking care of my family, having joy, you know, being secure, being comfortable, then I can change my perspective on what work is and actually help myself have a better attitude while I work. And so going back to what I said at the beginning, I'm going to read several things here in a row that are all about giving us confidence because like I said, going through first John, you can lose that perspective and start considering ironically that God is actually trying to steal your confidence and shake your footing, but it's not that way. And I'm going to read several verses right here so we can understand that yes, God has higher purposes for us than just having fun, just playing, just living our life, just, you know, living fun and, and having joy here upon the earth. But at the same time, they are for something better for you and I. Something that we probably can't see when we're young in the faith, and even now it's a struggle. But if we really focus our attention upon it, God is actually trying to grant us joy, grant us confidence. And now I'm going to read the passages that I've mentioned here. And I'm just going to make my way through them all, and you'll hear them one right after another. So just listen to what John says. In 1 John 1, verse 3, he says, That which we have seen and have heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So immediately you can tell John is trying to draw out fellowship with us. He wants us to have fellowship. And the verse right after that, verse 4, he says, I'm writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. So the way he starts the book is, is with a good perspective. He wants to grant us fellowship with God true fellowship with God, and he wants our joy to be complete. So again, John is starting off on a very good foot. Let's go to 1 John 2, 24 to 25. John says this. He says, Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Obviously, a really good perspective is to focus upon eternal life. And John is not hiding that. He's saying, listen, the things that I'm writing to you is about you knowing that you have eternal life. So remember that. When you hear the hard truths, remember these are about knowing that you and I have eternal life and that knowing that you and I have complete joy. Moving on very quickly, he says in 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Are you starting to notice it? John is again trying to build confidence, give confidence, give solid footing, give us joy, grant us security. 
And we need to keep that perspective. Going on, he says in 1 John 4, 4, excuse me, 1 John 3, 21 to 22, John says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, here it is again, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So there's that idea of confidence once again coming up. That if we keep God's commandments, we will be confident, secure, joyful, peaceful people. Now, 1 John 4, 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is greater than he, he who is in you, excuse me, is greater than he who is in the world. John is saying, listen, the false spirits are upon us. They're lying to us. But remember, you have God residing in your heart, in your soul. And he who is greater than the world is the one who's living inside of you. Again, trying to instill confidence in your soul. In 1 John 4, 9, he says, In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. What a really cool verse, that you and I can know that we have true eternal life abiding in us, simply because Jesus came down. And that's what we celebrate here at Christmas time, is that Jesus came down to grant us true confidence, true life, true joy forevermore. Bumping along here a little bit, he says in 1 John 4, 17, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. So there's this idea of confidence again, but this time it's not just confidence in this life. It's confidence on the day of judgment. Can you imagine that? To stand before God on judgment day and to be confident of what he's going to look at and what he's going to say about you? I can't imagine. I think that would be the best gift I've ever received. To stand before God in confidence that he's about to judge my soul and he is not going to find me wanting. He's going to find me in Christ, following Christ, obeying his commandments, and he's going to richly welcome me into the kingdom of God. And really, that's why John is writing these things. So that you and I can have confidence on the day of judgment because of Christ. John says in 1 John 5, verse 4, he says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. So the world looks like they have the best stuff. They look like they're the ones who are winning. And John says, listen, if you're born of God, you're actually the one that's going to overcome the world. You're the one who's going to win. You're the one who has the best stuff. You're the one that's going to the best place. You're the one that has the better joy. And you need to focus upon that. And so what you, need, you and I need to do is we need to abide in God. He says in 1 John 5.11, And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Again, God did not come to give condemnation or harsh judgment He's not teaching us these things in 1 John to just sound harsh and be blunt and have the perspective that God is just stealing things from us. No. He wants us to have confidence. He wants us to have eternal life. And that's a really wild thing to know about our God is that he desires to grant me and you eternal life. I love that about God. 1 John 5, 13 to 14 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 
And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. There's like three really good promises in that one verse. Eternal life, confidence, and assurance that we have God's ear. What a great thing to know. God wants to grant us the best things, the things that the world can't offer us, God wants to offer us. And then lastly, 1 John 5.20, he says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. There it is again. Trying to grant us confidence and courage and peace and joy beyond what this world can possibly match. That's why I wanted to bring this up today, because I know, too, that the book of 1 John can be hard. Hard to listen to, hard to understand sometimes because of the harshness of the tone, it seems. But when you understand what God is trying to do and you see these things by zooming out, you realize God actually loves me with a deep, profound love. And yes, sometimes when you're sick, God forces you to take the harsh cough medicine. It will taste bad. It's not pleasurable to hear. But if you abide in it, if you believe in it, you will be healthy forevermore. You will have confidence at the day of judgment. You will have eternal life. You will have joy in completion forevermore. And God wants our perspective to be there. Yes, I have greater purposes for you. Yes, I don't want you loving the world. Yes, I want you abiding by my commandments. But here is the reason so that I can love you forevermore, so that you can have confidence and joy forevermore, that you can experience eternal life with Christ forevermore. And I want to share that with you because I want to ask you to continue this series, this journey with us through the book of First John and not lose heart. And not lose heart in the Christian life when, when harsh things are said and understood from God blunt things and sometimes when God has to pull out the scalpel and remove some sort of sin issue in our life he's doing it to save us because he loves us I hope you'll listen to these things today I hope you'll take these things and savor them in your heart and say wow what a love God has for me and I want to serve this God I want to love this God like the analogy I used of Christmas my desires are different than they used to be I don't want to just receive God's love I do but I want to love God. I want to use my life as service for his kingdom and his will. I want him to be pleased. I want his name to be magnified. I want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a really mature desire to grow in if we're not there already. And the way that we do that is by understanding God's great love for us, the perspective of eternal confidence and eternal life that awaits us. And then saying, you know what? This life is about God anyways. I'm going courageously and boldly after what he's called me to live for. For Christ's glory because he's worth it, because of all he's done for me. Think on these things this Christmas season and may the Lord bless them. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.